This week on the Boag World Show, we chat about the challenges and advantages of running your own digital business from freelance life to managing a team. This episode of the Boag World Show is sponsored by Frontify, AdSkills and LinkedIn Jobs. Show. This season of the show is a series of virtual meetups of where professionals recorded live and attended by dropping guests, which makes for an interesting show as we've I've no idea what we're going to be talking about and that feels really weird. The one constant, however, in this season of the show is Marcus. I would be yeah. lost without you, Marcus. What a lovely thing to say, Paul. I need what? lovely things to be said to me right now. Because you're still feeling poorly. Yeah, look, a bit, yeah, not sleeping very well because I've got that snorty, tickly cough. And I just, you know, you just want to sleep during the day and I'm awake all night. It's one of those. Oh, yeah. Everything's no. rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. Wah, life. Wah, wah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you just feel like life is pointless and miserable. And what's, you know, what's the point of it all? Did I, did I ever tell you the story about how, why I stopped playing World of Warcraft? I, I don't think you did, Paul. No, maybe you did, and I just sort of dropped off when you said the words words well, yeah. Warcraft, even I can't say them. Understandably. I, ha- I had an existential crisis because I was playing World wow. of Warcraft. <laughs> I- I've exaggerated for comic effect. but um, so, so I was really into World of Warcraft, and then one day I was playing it, and it was like, well, you know, I'm doing all this work, all this grind, kind of, you know, killing the same monsters again and again doing the same stuff to to you know enable me to get a new piece of kit that will let me kill some bigger monster in this endless cycle of pointlessness that's never done mm. you never win it and then i had this moment <laughs> of going oh, that's life the whole of life is this pointless treadmill that's, it, that's point, not going grind, yeah yeah well, so there you weren't, go. We, weren't we talking last week about you know uh, when you get to the point of like when you've kind of got enough money and like you don't need to kind of carry on grasping for more because that will yeah. make you unhappier. I mean, yeah. I saw a stat. This is probably ten years ago, so maybe not ten. Five to ten years ago, I saw a stat that said it, it was kind of like what was the most uh, the happiest amount of money you could earn a year. Oh so yeah, like, if you earn, it's uh, quite uh, low, isn't it? Forty-five k. Yeah. So, which is not low, low. I mean, but it's no, you know, it's it's not C- CEO of a, of a big company, it's is still it? Because they're four hundred and fifty k. But the point, the point is, chances are that you're not going to have a job that kind of is tearing you know your brain out all the time, and you've got a chance to sort of be yourself and live a bit of a life as well. But you're not so sort of like yeah. scrambling for cash that it, everything's uh, you know it, it's a really tough life. No. Anyway, I've got no so idea where go. we're going with that. <laughs> no, no. Oh, but I know what it was. The, Paul, I've managed to give up something similar. I used to play on my, on my iPad. You were talking about World, World of Warcraft. Point, yeah. Utterly pointless things. Yeah. Candy Crush. I, I oh, was addicted, addicted to Candy Crush, and I've kicked it now, and I feel so much you know, holier than thou. Exactly, yes. These games are terrible, aren't they? They're designed yeah. to draw you in. It's the ultimate dark pattern, isn't it, really? Where mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, it's, it, it's designed to create habits and, and addictions. It's terrible, mm-hmm. really so um as you probably have gathered 
this is a, a fairly laid back um, season of the podcast. It's a virtual meetup. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, we don't know who's going to arrive. Um, and uh, we're just going to chat to whoever comes along and kind of take it from there. We would encourage you to come and join us for the show um, and uh, uh, to sign up to be notified when we're going to record it live so you can actually come to the live thing um mm-hmm. you can do that by going to subscribe.boagworld.com forward slash community um and just come and and chill out with us really and to be honest i i totally need that at the moment because i feel stressed out to my eye uh, up to my eyeballs Um, with so many different things going on and uh, ironically this show is one of the reasons i'm stressed out of my eyeballs because i've i've ballsed up quite majorly um Uh where there's this (laughs) well there's this not really lovely guy that that helps me and um sell advertising sponsorship for this this show and um yeah i kind of messed up a little bit by um by um he didn't realize that i was selling and i didn't realize he was selling so we've actually got too many sponsors for (laughs) for several shows this season so i apologize to my audience and to the sponsors that some days there's going to be three sponsors on the show and i've just noticed ironically that one of our sponsors (laughs) but not for this episode but for a future episode is actually in the room at the moment um which is Peldy from um, Balsamic. <laughs> um, oh, Balsamic. And Balsamic have been a long-time sponsor of the show. We ought to... Hey. Uh, hello. Do you want to come... <laughs> can we persuade you to come on air for a, for, a, for a minute? Because I'm really interested in what you're doing. I had the weirdest conversation. Let me just invite him onto the show. Um, uh, I had the weirdest conversation with um, uh, somebody from his team. Um, let's invite him on. There we go um yesterday um about the fact that they're going to be sponsoring later on in the season and i've got to ask about this because it was a strange conversation the conversation went something like this so so you want to sponsor some of the episodes yes okay great how many would you like etc etc um yeah but we don't actually want to promote the product what (laughs) <laughs> no 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 we want to buy the, we, so you don't want advertising slots no no we do we do want those slots hello hiya hello friends all right Hi, good Paddy. to have you on so 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 no but but we want to promote other people in those slots right and i was going what you want to promote other people that makes no sense and he said, yeah, we don't want to grow too much at the moment. We're just trying to maintain things. So we, what's going on with you guys? What? Explain to me why you don't want more customers, because this sounds like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Uh, yes, I, I can see why that would sound that way. <laughs> um, so, well, so, you know, we've sponsored this uh, podcast before. Yeah. For a while so my assumption is that most of your uh, listeners already know about balsamic yes that's so what we what we want to do is continue to support your podcast so that you do it more and more uh-huh. because your mission is aligned with our mission we're trying to rid the world of bad software and you're teaching people about usability and 
making better apps and websites. So we want to give you money one way or the other, but uh, our, your audience already knows about, um, about Balsamic. So we thought, why not donate our airtime to some of your listeners who might also like to sponsor you, but they can't afford to do that yet. Oh. That's very cool. I the, the the coolest thing about that was the sentence they w- they want to give me money one way or another. I like that line. Can can we have more people that just want to give me money with no effort involved in it? That that <laughs> you, sounds... you've had enough of that in your life, Boag. <laughs> 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 how, are, how are things going at Balsamic these days? It looked like you had a new fancy office from from the the call I had yesterday. Yes, we do. No, things are going very well, and, and it is true that we don't want to grow too fast. So, yeah. you know, my, my goal from the beginning of the company was to uh, stay very small. My my dream was to have a one person company. Oh, and nice. I, I failed miserably. That was 33. <laughs> oh, crikey. <laughs> no, that's not a one-person company. No, no. Um, but I do really like uh, small companies, and I, and I like for Balsamic to stay small uh, because we can provide better customer service. We can, uh, you know, you speak with the engineer directly if you have a problem. You know, it, it's a small uh, – the culture is very – nice and uh, sort of family-like and uh, and easy to maintain when there's not too many people. So we had a, a, a big growth. We're, you know, we've been in business for 11 years now, and we grew 12% last year. Oh, crikey. Yeah. So that's a lot. And so if you're growing a lot, then employees say, well, then we can hire a bunch more people, right? Mm. But if you hire more people, that means you have to hire start having managers and middle yeah. managers and you become mm-hmm. this big, slow monster. HR so people. my goal is to, to grow 2% a year, three, okay. years, kind of like the central bank, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that's really interesting. Have you ever read um, Paul Jarvis's book, company of one? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I was interviewed for it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. See, now that's a, that's a, an amazing book, um, yeah. where he talks about exactly this principle that we mentally associate, don't we? That, that growth as being adding more people, but that doesn't always, that's not the only type of growth or the best yeah. kind of growth. I mean, right. Headscape's a great example of that, isn't it, Marcus? That, mm-hmm. you know, we got up to, to about 20 people and, and stopped enjoying it really, didn't we? Yeah. For quite a few years, it was unpleasant. I, I, whenever we have this conversation, I, what happened is we started to get HR issues. We started to get yeah. personnel issues. And we were hiring without maybe putting as much care into those hires as we should have done. Um, and we really paid for it. Mm. Uh, and from about five years ago now, we kind of got back down to a size that was much more uh, pleasant to work at and it's been from a that from that point of view uh from a working as a team point of view it's been really really good ever since mm. it's it's been tougher from a kind of getting business point of view but you know you can't have can't have everything i guess uh 10 years ago there was a lot of business out there to be won and now it seems that there's less but that's such is life so so what's <clears throat> um what's the next thing on the horizon for you guys we just had a major release yesterday, actually. Yeah. We, uh, after an, 
enormous amount of time, uh, I, which I'm embarrassed to share, we finally finished our uh, full rewrite of the whole app. Oh, really? Oh, the, the, the desktop version. Yeah, the desktop yeah. launched yesterday, and uh, it's live, and people are downloading it and buying it, and it's awesome, and support is very, very quiet. So it was the smoothest release uh, I've ever done. I guess we're, we're getting better at it uh, <laughs> after 11 years. Um, but uh, it's such a relief. You know, it, it over four years of work. To wow. rewrite the whole thing, and and now we have a new platform that will really enable us to speed up again uh, with public-facing new features and bug fixes, and you know, yeah, stuff that people have been asking for a long time. For a while, since we had these two code bases, we couldn't really do anything that changed the file format, yeah, because we would have had to release the old stuff too, and so it it was a it was a big uh, handbrake on the company and uh and now it's released so we're uh, we're super happy i encourage everyone to try it out the new desktop version it also works with uh our web app you can use the desktop app but oh but work on uh, on cloud the projects so you have all the collaboration and stuff but you also have all the power and speed of a native desktop desktop app that's but that's one of the things that that i think is really interesting that you the the route that you've gone well everybody else seems to be moving to (laughs) the cloud-based collaborative apps um which are subscription based and everybody's got subscription fatigue um yeah you've you've maintained that choice between the two that you know having that choice of being able to just get a, a desktop app is actually really nice. It's refreshing. Yeah. Uh, for sure. As a, you know, as a customer, there are some things that I just want to buy once, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but actually, uh, up, uh, up until now, we've had this policy that said any update is free. So if yeah. you bought Balsamic in June 2008, you could still download the, the current version and wow. for free, right? So we realized that that was not very sustainable. And no. also people just, our customers just told us, this is ridiculous. I gave you $79 10 years ago. And, you know, so now what we do is we charge for major updates. So we yeah, have, well, that's uh, fair enough. And, and we do major updates every five years. Yeah. So it's not that bad. And, and we charge half, half price for existing customers. So really you're going to spend $45 to update uh and then you're good for another five years yeah as long as you don't do oh i i I know you guys won't do it because of your company culture but i i use a a really good app that i love called ScreenFlow, and i use screen oh i love it and they nickel and dime you all the time exactly it's a really good app but they do have major updates it feels like every five minutes every major update is is a you know you pay from um a gain and, and they yes. nag you with that yes. dialogue all the time. It's that it's that dialogue box. Every time you launch yeah. the app, it connects to the server to check whether there's an update, yeah. sees there is an update, so then displays a notification telling you there's an update, but it's a paid update. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm quite happy with the functionality I've got. And there are these nice. dark patterns where you, you never know what version you're running. You don't know if you yep. need the update or not. Another one that's just the same is uh, Parallels, the virtual yes. machines 
Same thing. I'm like, geez, just let me work. Every time you launch it, it's upselling to you. I think but, I, my version of ScreenFlow is so old, it doesn't do that. So there you go. There's a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> it still works fine. Absolutely fine. Yeah. I don't know. What, I've got to find out what, what version they're on. Talk about they're on. I think they're on, we're on version nine now. I'm, I'm running oh, version yeah. eight. I must admit, the last version, when I went from seven to eight, I simply upgraded to stop the annoying <laughs> pop-up. Yeah, there you go. But it's not that. It's a very expensive uh, thing just to stop somebody irritating you. I'm on six, Paul, and it works fine, and I get no updates. Oh, I see. Does it work with Catalina? Ah, good question. I haven't updated yet. Yeah, don't. (laughs) They'll get you with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Chris is asking if there's an alternative. Um, and the truth is, yes, there are. There are. There's loads of software that will do similar thing. But actually, it's despite that one little thing, right? It is actually an excellent piece of software, you know. It is. And and I use it for everything now. Version I don't six. just use it for. for <laughs> sorry, what was that, Marcus? Yeah, version six. It's superb. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's actually not even just the, the for screen recording. It's also really, really good for for just video editing. If you need a basic video editor, um, you know, I used to use, do all of my course material using um, uh, uh what's fi- uh, Final Cut Pro? Um, Seriously, and, and, over yep. the top. Uh, yeah, utter <laughs> overkill, you know, and actually it took me far longer to do anything because it was overkill mm. for what I was doing. Oh, well, thank you very much for joining us. It's really good. And um, uh, and I'm sure before too long, this is a kind of teaser of what's to come um, for in terms of this show. Because, yeah, if you've got a good product idea, keep listening, because soon enough you'll um, you'll get to advertise it on Boag World, apparently on Balsamic's Dime which is great. So thank you very much. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Thanks for having me. So there we go. That was a nice, pleasant start to the show. Definitely. So how many sponsors have we got this week, Paul? We've got three. I ought to do one. Better do one then, hadn't you? Yeah, I I did really. (laughs) I'm going to try and keep them very short and concise. But I do do want to talk about our sponsors because that's what makes this show possible. and, And more importantly, keeps me in clothes uh, and looking <laughs> looking as good as i do <laughs> so usually our sponsors want you to buy something but this particular sponsor has a free gift for you it's a free book if you've ever run facebook ads before then you're likely already aware of what custom audiences are and what retargeting means well our sponsor today is adskills.com And the founder, Justin Brooks, wrote a book that has seven retargeting recipes inside. These recipes are a step-by-step ad campaign that has been proven to work. If you haven't heard of ad skills yet, I would be surprised as they have over 11,000 customers. They are the paid training used by Frank Kern, Grant Cardoni, Ryan Deese, Russell Brunson and Agora, as well as many others. They have printed out a thousand copies of this book for to give away. Just go to adskills.com and it's right there at the top of the page. The only catch is the mailman doesn't work for free. So there's a small shipping, shipping charge to get the book delivered to your door. 
Go now to adskills.com. There is a lot more about them than just that free book. So it's worth a visit. Okay, so that's that. Where are we going next, Marcus? What should we talk about now? Um, I don't know. We're still, apparently, apparently, this is the thing that version 6 of any software is often the best. It's really? It's a, well, a well-known thing, according to Peldy. He says, we, use, we used to joke about it when I was back at Adobe 2. There. So you but, learned it here today. Stop when you get to version six. Don't pay for any more I've got, updates. This I've got one. to say, <laughs> version version CS uh, CS six of the Adobe suite was very good. That That's is true. People, somebody's commented that. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, says but that. but Chris has pointed out it wasn't version six of Windows Windows Vista. <laughs> which was a train wreck. <laughs> so I'm not so sure that I believe this. This It's a bit like, you know, every other Star Trek film is good. It's not, oh, I, I'm not sure that's actually correct either. But there you go. There's always no, the exception you, that proves the rule. Yes, that's very true. So what have you a, been... That, go on, Marcus. Sorry, sorry Paul, I was just going to say, what have, what, what, what have I been doing? I, I, I was deciding that I'm, this is nothing to do with the web or the internet oh. or anything like that but it's no it's kind of to do do with going because you you, was, you mentioned the star wars films and i was about to say something really quite crass about they're all rubbish yeah um, but i can remember when i was 10 years old and seeing the first one in the cinema and my, my mind was blown uh by the I, way i was uh, talking about the star trek films but i'll forgive your you ignorance. said star wars and i can prove that because i've got it on recording ah <laughs> No, I, I meant Star Trek. Then, you did or, mean it. every other Star yeah. Trek one. Yes, that's true. I did know that one anyway. But no, anyway, I I heard Star Wars and reacted to Star Wars. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, d- dangerous. Don't go back and watch films again that you think are really good. Oh yeah, uh, there's there's a, a new Guy Ritchie gangster film out called The Gentleman. I thought, well, I, I quite fancy going to see that. And then I noticed that Snatch was on Netflix, so I watched Snatch, thinking this is one of the best films ever made. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's yeah, like that it's, can a bit, it's a bit wooden and a bit yeah. slow. And oh dear, yeah. He, he said Star Trek, did he? Okay, right. Well, it just proves that in I'm, your I... face, <laughs> Marcus. I'm going to have to check that now. Right. No. So, tw- uh, twenty-three minutes. Anybody up <laughs> for coming on and telling us what they've been up to for the last, you know, a few days and what they've been working on? I did. Well, while people are volunteering to do that, um, I did an interesting thing yesterday. It was a bit of a spur of the moment thing. I was doing some wireframing, so I decided to stream my wireframing live. That was a horrible mistake. You realise when you've got other people watching you when you work, you realise quite how boring and incompetent you are i completely <laughs> forgot how to use sketch it was a ridiculous <laughs> it was a ridiculous episode um, <laughs> that's quite funny paul because i thought blimey that's quite a because i saw you advertise it on the channel i thought do i want to watch that and i thought nah. uh, and then and then i thought that's really quite a brave thing to do you know especially sort of, you know just like just like that you know is there a recording dave says well. There is, but I don't know whether I want to give out the URL for that. Hey, see, Peldy, Peldy makes a good point. He said, because I was, I got quite frustrated with, with Sketch because it was it proving far too complicated. If only there was a tool focused solely on wireframing. You, yes, all right. I go. should have probably used Balsamic for mm-hmm. it, but I, um, mm-hmm. I was frustrated. 
with mm-hmm. Sketch. It, I mean, it, it was it's a great tool, but he, he is right. It's not ideal for for wireframing because, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a little over engineered. So yes, uh, I I paid for that, but the client was pleased, which was good. That's the main thing at the end of the day. The client Indeed. was pleased. So. Um, Michelle, are you offering to come onto the show with your, um, oh no, no, you're just saying hello. Everybody's very shy today and doesn't oh, want to come, come on. on. Just come shall on I pick on, shall I pick on someone? No, no, wait, wait for someone like, like Paul Edwards to, um, to volunteer. Paul, yeah, there you hey! go. Hey! I knew, yeah, <laughs> I knew he would, he would come on. Let's get him, let's get Paul on. Cause I, <clears throat> what have you been up to Marcus? What have you been doing the last week or so? Um, well, actually, um, because you, because uh, I'd had something prepared for last week, mm. um, which was basically writing lots of case studies. I spent December or the second oh, half right. of December writing a lot of case studies, um, but that, they're kind of done now, apart from one that I really I've just got. You know, we get to the point of like, I've got one to do, and it's I can't. I wrote about seven because I was a bit naughty. I left them hanging. You know, I should have done them as they as the projects were finished, but I ended mm. up writing them over over Christmas, and then I was thinking about what's interesting things related to doing doing case studies because i always think even now though i've probably written a hundred in my life um that they're just little half an hour jobs that you can just kind of knock out but they're not oh no uh, <laughs> no <laughs> um but then so, I, the, the other thing that i always struggle with do you think anybody actually reads case studies well here, this is the thing because i thought so, so what do you do what should you do when you're thinking about a case study and I think that obviously the first thing we should do is try and get into the head of, you know, standard UX stuff. Yeah, yeah. Get into the head of the user. What does the user of the Headscape site want to see or know? And my, and I don't know is the honest answer. <laughs> and, I don't, and I don't know if you if you've got, you know, am I ever going to get an honest answer from a client? I suppose I might. Um, but but th- there's kind of two sides to it. I think my 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 head says, or maybe it's maybe it's my heart. Maybe my heart says. Um, that they want a logical, nicely stepped through story with a bit of background. What were the challenges and how we, you know, how we mm. assessed those challenges and, and overcame them and blah, blah, blah. But my heart or my head, whichever the opposite one is, says actually people just want to see a few pretty pictures and, and a, maybe a sound bite or two. Yeah. Um, so therefore, I think you need a bit of both of that. You need to put the detail, but you need to be able to people just to go, oh, they work with. Nestle, or they work with yeah. a charity that's similar to ours, and and oh, and it looks pretty good. Move on. Yeah. So I I yeah. would agree. I think there's you, you know people different people are different w- ways. You know there are there are some people, and I would fall into this category that just want to have a glance. Oh yeah, they they work. You know they work with the right kind of clients. They mm-hmm. their work looks decent. I'll give them a ring. Well, there are other people that are very reluctant to make contact until they're pretty sure. So mm. they need more detail online. But yes, I, but... I, I just think they're boring. Most case studies are boring. <laughs> it, so therefore, have lots of pretty pictures. Yeah. Another thing, one thing we've tried to do, uh, which I haven't done much lately, at, of, but in the past, is if we've done a, a kind of tech-heavy uh, project or a project that's got lots of cool functionality is to make little videos or even get GIFs of showing these things working rather than just a screenshot. That makes it yeah. a little bit more interesting. Um, I think testimonials are really important. Um, sometimes, and that's not a flat across-the-board statement about every every company or organization that you've ever worked with, 
um, because we, I've worked with some charities and uh, where where actually the testimonials have been worthless because um, you know you interview people and, and nobody believes what they're reading. But I think mm. for somebody like us, um, I think they're really important. And I also think that if you can get, and this is a really hard thing to do, and we haven't managed it, but I'm quite pushy with with asking for testimonials because I think the more you've got, the more across the board they are, then the more likely people are going to take them on board and believe them. Mm. See what I mean? So, testimonials you know, are, are really quite important, actually. Mm. I, I put a lot of, um, uh, you know, I, mm. I put in quite a lot of effort about creating testimonials, and I'm, I has, I've started hassling people as well for video testimonials, mm. where they, they jump on a webcam and say something. Because, I mean, I, you know, I just don't believe a lot of, you know, written tes- uh, testimonials on websites. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm cynical and old, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, we've got Paul on the on the show now. Hello, Paul. Hello, Paul. Hello, Marcus. Hello, Vroom. Um, yeah. Hello. I'm very good, thank you. I'm just sitting up the end of the garden in my glorious wooden palace. <laughs> yes, it, it, it looks very... You've got a very posh office, I have to say, with, with uh, you know... I don't know whether I'd want to be sitting in that. Aren't you cold? What you... No, no, I've got air conditioning and stuff. What you didn't see was just prior to the call, me cleaning the whiteboard and then shoving <laughs> everything over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So what have you been working on at the minute, Paul? Anything interesting? To be honest, at this point of the year, I'm in a, an unusual point where I'm largely building my contracts for the coming the rest of the coming year. So most of this month so far has been out seeing both existing clients and doing reviews of the last year, what worked well, where there's opportunities to develop over this year. So I can sort of better align my services with them. Um, Yeah, I had a a meeting yesterday and been in meetings with an existing client again today, which I thoroughly enjoyed. It's uh, it's been a really good day so far. And I made it here for the podcast. So happy days. So what so what kind of work are you doing? Yeah, that's that's always the difficult question. As you know, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. So I work on companies, websites, but also a bit of pre-project sort of consultancy and uh, sort of digital asset auditing and strategy around right. it. essentially making sure enough work is done front end before the project to ensure the client isn't just frittering their money away, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so just trying to keep things on track. Um, today, again, has been reviewing existing sort of digital assets for uh, uh, one of my long-standing clients and getting to meet a whole new team there so that's why it's been so much fun today not only is it a lovely place to go to it's a beautiful place in Sussex Um, but they've had a large staff change so I've sat down and had a meeting with all of these new staff today and it's just been really nice seeing what skill sets people have and how that's changed and, mm. and how we can just have a more effective relationship over the coming year. So it sounds like you do quite a lot um, of kind of ongoing work with clients rather than, you know, a series of big redesigns. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say about half of all of my income comes from ongoing relationships, um, ongoing management of assets and a lot of troubleshooting and maintenance so about half my right. income comes from there and the rest of it is built up with the larger projects sort of um sort of staggered out through the year really that that's that's where the uh, the savings come from <laughs> yeah that's a, uh, that's always something that i've kind of 
I don't have a lot of. Um, you know, I do, you know, I, I work with clients for a short length of time and then they kind of take things back in house and carry on. So I, I'm kind of a little bit envious of that because I don't get that long term relationship. Yeah, it's I really enjoy it. And I always think to be able to help a client best and do my job well, I have to learn so much about them mm. and and what their goals and passions are and, and what really makes their business tick. Having these long relationships makes such a difference and mm. often find, you know, a year into a relationship, you really realize that everything you were told a year ago, it just yeah. doesn't really apply. And it's a completely different ball game to what you thought it was. The client's goals aren't what they said they were. The customers aren't who, you know, who you thought they were. So you can learn so much more. And I'd say a lot of my clients I've probably had in excess of a decade wow uh, I, have a, I have really long client relationships and and a very low sort of turnover but i don't keep as many clients so i've so, probably got about yeah go on no 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 no. i was just going to ask so what that means in practice is it, are they on retainers with you or is it you know a uh, kind of a, 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 a series of projects how does it work it's a blend of all of those things, to be right. honest with you. I have a small number of retainers, mm-hmm. um, probably 50% are monthly agreements, uh, but right. I, I wouldn't really call them retainers, but I guess they're like okay. micro retainers, I suppose yeah. you could call them. Um, and then and then the remainder is the larger contracts, and they're not necessarily exclusive to a client. A client might approach me and use me in several ways, sort of retainer, mm-hmm. ad hoc, and project. You know, it really yeah. does vary massively. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Marcus, where's Headscape at with that kind of stuff? Because you're you're mainly, you know, one of reoccurring projects with clients, aren't you? You don't have that many kind of retainer type stuff going on. Uh, Well, surprisingly, we do Um, because it depends entirely on whether we've done the the back end of a project. If we've done Hmm. the project from from the ground up so we've done all of it basically back in mm. front end wine consulting the whole lot then we tend to have an ongoing relationship mm. <laughs> where we'll if it, we tend not to have retainers a bit too strong we'll we'll basically yeah. have a support agreement in place where people will have a time bank of credits that they can spend as they wish from right. when they run out they buy some more or they don't but that's pretty yeah. rare um so obviously over the years the more projects you do that involve some kind of technical work then the more support you have to you have to keep providing so yeah it's actually quite a hard balance um because they're great projects to get up front because they're normally the really big number ones uh, but then and and also it's all whoopee and we can charge people you know for for support ongoing but you've got to deliver on that support yeah um, we've had some really quite um uh, I'm going to go interesting um, challenges to face this year with a couple of our American clients relating to security, which were oh. quite scary at the time. Right. Um, which obviously, if you've just done the front end and handed it over to someone else, which you is don't a, have that problem. Yeah, it's like it's just design. You know, we're we're just looking at the you know the user experience. We're not having to build the bloody thing. Then there's a lot you can earn a lot more from it, but there's a lot more responsibility. And yeah, there's a fair bit of that. And I like some of them. And some of them, sometimes it's nice to just kind of go in and 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 be the shining star for a while and, and bring new new loveliness and then go away. That's what I do. I, yeah, yeah. I, I've got no staying power whatsoever with, with clients. So, yeah. you know, when it gets into details, I run away, you know. <laughs> so, Paul, Paul, what I was going to ask you about that mm. um, is 
how do you um it's gone out of my head now it's always the way isn't it yeah i, I know are, are you proactive with clients are you effectively going back to them with suggestions or is it mainly passive that they're coming back to you with stuff that they want to do no it's it's a really important important part of what i do to be proactive so as and when yeah. i notice things i will run them up the flagpole god knows why i thought that phrase yeah. but uh, no, yeah right. i'll <laughs> highlight those and um and i'll give proposal documents of things where i think there's there's opportunity that that we can all sort of seize and the low hanging fruit as well because so many clients are interested on the the quick and the cheap sort of changes they can make to a project um, just so long as it's built on a decent foundation i don't mind doing that um but uh, a large number of my clients come to me with a site already made it may already be reaching okay. end of life in in my book um yeah. and and you know you know how it can be there's such a, 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 a such a variety of conditions a site can come to you in and that generates a, a job list which a client might look at for the next year or so. So you, you can have quite a lot of knock on work from that. And being yeah. a jack of all trades, I tend to get involved in, in most of those parts of the work. I, I don't right. sub a lot of work out, which is why, which is why the Slack channels are godsend. Cause there's so many things where I just go, ah, uh, yeah, what's that? <laughs> How'd you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, yeah. yeah, the life of a freelancer, you do, you just can't know everything. So, you know. So, how, so it sounds like you've been freelancing for quite a long time then. November the 5th, 2005. Wow. So that's, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. So I, so, we, we were still basking in the glory of our retaining the ashes or re regaining the ashes. Then. <laughs> I thought you were going to say basking in the glory of starting this podcast, which happened in 2005 as well. I wonder when it actually was. Is it was really that, that long? Yeah, it earlier is, in yeah. the year. Fifteenth birthday must be coming up. It must be. Yeah. So Netscape is eighteen today. Really? Wow. Yes, we it's today, out, isn't it? We can, we can go out drinking. Oh, I'm, well, I'm seeing you tomorrow, so uh, indeed, we, we indeed. can celebrate. So, so Paul, where does your work come from? Is it mainly referrals and word of mouth, or are you more proactive than that? Yeah, that, that's always an interesting one because I'm always in a little bit of doubt over it, to be honest with you, because it, se it seems to fluctuate. Um, yeah. A vast majority of my work is word of mouth. Um, I also do a certain amount of local profile building with um, online networking through Twitter and hashtag hours, although that's very much in decline for me in terms yeah. of use. For a few years, I was actually getting about 50% of my turnover from Twitter. So, wow. yeah, but that that has just nosedived probably mm. in the last year and a half. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking for new avenues for, for putting, picking up work at the moment. But as I said earlier, because I have so many really long client relationships, mm. my work is really vulnerable. Yeah. I don't I don't have the things, Marcus, as you were saying, where it's sort of more project based and and smaller mm. lengths of time. I, I don't have those upcoming periods of not having projects in um so yeah i'm not quite so vulnerable but i don't have the turnover that you would as an agency so yeah. you know swings and roundabouts isn't it exactly yeah so yeah oh it's interesting isn't it because 
that I can't imagine um, being in a situation where I wasn't facing a cliff. I always face that that drop off point about you know I don't know six week uh, six weeks to three months ahead where it's like I've no idea what I've come, got coming up. But yeah. you sound like you don't have that as much. That's quite interesting, Paul. Sorry to mm. sorry to cut across you, Paul. There, but uh, we are the same. But we're not because of what I was just saying earlier about having more support agreements, mm. more clients we have to look after. It's actually the cliff is further away for us now because right we. Uh, you, you, you know, you ju- you're just continually topping up these uh, time banks with people, which is mm. not enough to run the company on, but no. it does mean it's just a bit further away. Yeah. And that's where you're, you're in that situation, Paul, one presumes. Yeah, my, my goal originally when I started taking on maintenance agreements was to ensure that I covered all my base costs and cost of living just from my maintenance agreements. So as a freelancer, that just meant I wasn't constantly living on edge and, and, yeah. and worried about losing the house. <laughs> so so my, my day-to-day bills were all paid off of maintenance work. And then the, the projects that I pick up do all of the extra things and yeah. allow me to make further investment and changes to, to, to what I do. Uh, it, it works pretty well, but, you know, could always have more. Could always have it, more. It, it is a very interesting way to live, isn't it? Because I haven't got, you know, when I started this month, I didn't have enough work to keep me going to the end of the month. I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't going to break even for this month. Um, mm. And next month at the moment, I've not got enough work in. And so, mm. but the way that I offset that is I have a big, um war chest behind me in the company so that i know if i do have a down month it's not the end of the world um but it is a weird you know it's the biggest challenge i think about going off on your own is that that uncertainty that comes with it so it is it is and it's such a personal thing as well because where Mm. that cliff edge is is so different for everyone mm. and the stresses that they can cope with are, are so different and yeah. for me the panic point might be at a completely different point to you i've yeah. it, it's taken a long time but i've got to the point where i've been doing this long enough to know it will work out yeah <laughs> and to just calm down it will work out yeah and it, it always does it always yeah. does because I think that's a bit of a big uh, challenge that you and Chris face, Marcus, that you're you're actually very different about that that panic point, aren't you? Chris is an inherent He is much better though. Oh, is he? It's because we've had a couple you know, we've had a couple of years of it being a bit it's been all right, but it's not been great, you know. Yeah. Just kind of like getting by. I think it would yeah. be the best way to describe it. We've had some good clients, but then we've also gone for things that I thought we'd win that we didn't, blah, blah, blah. You know, it kind of adds up to it being okay. Uh, and I think the same kind of level of okayness would have probably made Chris panic more five, ten years ago than it does now. He's just learning to accept it. Um, you'll hear about all of this tomorrow, Paul, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Paul, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw you off simply because we've got another sponsor to do. Um, it's so, a pleasure. Yeah, lovely, lovely to chat to you. And um, yeah, yeah we might you. talk to you again in a few weeks' time. Thank you very much. I shall continue to hassle you from the chat room. Excellent. That's what I like oh. to hear. So, yes, let's talk about our next sponsor. Um, 
uh, it's really interesting, actually, in the conversations that we've been having uh, about running your own agency, running your own business, which really has become the theme of this show. Who knew that a theme Mm. would emerge? And one of the big challenges um, for a lot of people is recruitment these days. You know, I'm mentoring a lot of different organizations at the moment, all of which um, seem to be recruiting in different areas. Um, And and it's an enormous challenge. And the one place that increasingly is becoming an area to pay attention to with that kind of thing is LinkedIn. Um, And I'm seeing LinkedIn just skyrocket in in all kinds of areas. You know, it's very much picked up on the role that that Twitter used to have in terms of winning work. You know, I I win work via LinkedIn these days. You know, I'm um, just like Paul was talking about winning it from Twitter in the past. And Paul, that's probably a good place to look now is is LinkedIn. But also LinkedIn is excellent for recruitment. Um, And a lot of um, organizations that I'm mentoring are using it as a recruitment tool. So we all know how incredibly difficult it is to hire digital professionals and what a nightmare it is. Um, and, and LinkedIn is really good because it, it's so targeted. You can be so specific about the kind of people that you're looking for. So you can say you're not just looking for, say, the hard skills, you know, can you sketch, which apparently after yesterday's wireframing exercise, I can't. Um, but you can also look for soft skills too and, and, and experience in those kinds of areas. So I, I and it's become such a big tool at the moment that basically a person is hired, the stats that they gave me, is hired every eight seconds via LinkedIn, which is just a stunning number of um, uh, uh, people being hired via it. So it's a great place um, to look for people. Um, and it's, you know, LinkedIn Jobs is now the number one hiring platform for developing and deliver, you know, getting quality hires, which is just stunning. So, yeah, LinkedIn is really interesting at the moment. And um, finding the right person, you can find the right person that you need for your business today with LinkedIn jobs. You can pay what you want. In, you know, you can spend as much as you want or, um, on, on um, recruiting via it. But actually, they'll give you the first $50 off. So, and actually, it's entirely possible to find a good person for that free $50. Um, visit linkedin.com forward slash Boagworld to get that $50 off of um, your advertising. So that's, um, again, that's linkedin.com forward slash Boagworld to get $50 off of your first post uh, job posting there and then terms and conditions apply see site <laughs> for details etc <laughs> so there you go that's uh that's linkedin jobs so thank you very much for sponsoring the show well what are we going to talk about in our last 10 minutes or so of the show i would like to talk um about some of the cool apps that I, um people have been finding recently oh, yeah. I, there's some really some really good apps out there i'm become obsessed Right. If anybody has found a really good app recently, pop it into the chat. But there is a couple that I wanted to 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 mention that that I've um, become a huge fan of recently. Right. The first one um, that I've discovered is something called User Drive. Right. This is userdrive.co. Okay. Now, um, the reason I wanted to mention this app is because up until now, um, I, all of the 
um, whenever I did like card sorting exercises online, you know, obviously card sorting in person is absolutely great. And, you know, I love doing it, but oftentimes I have to do it online. And the only tool that was there to available to do that um, was either a tool that wasn't really suited for card sorting, but you could kind of get to work to do card sorting <coughs> or optimal sort, which I despise optimal sort. It's a horrible interface. This is this is where I discover that they're going to be a sponsor later so on, on the ne- season. next show. Yes, yeah, we made um, our own. Did Lee, you really? Lee, Lee made his own. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. We'll so get what, him on what, some. We'll get him on to talk about it sometime. I told yeah. him to come along this afternoon, but of course they they're busy doing work. God. <laughs> Just <laughs> madness, isn't it? Yeah, I would like to to get him on the show, um, but but user drive it's really good um they're not paying us as a sponsor or anything like that um but it's a relatively new thing and i've been following them kind of through from beta um uh, and they've got some really great um features and most of all it's a really good user experience for a for you using the app but b the people that are are um involved in you know taking Mm -hmm. taking the the, or doing the card sorting exercises and it's just really clean and nice. So you might want to check that out. Someone else has recommended. Dave has mentioned Get Station. Let's have a look at. Oh, I know Get Station. Yes, it's the one app to rule them all. Um, which is the you can basically all of these web-based apps that we end up using flipping tons of them these days. It's it's something that allows you to to bring them all together into a single interface. So, for example, you know you can. Um, bring in gmail and and dropbox and everything else into one one um app which is quite nice because you can do things like um smart docking where you can instead of having loads of tabs open you can have like a almost like a desktop of applications and you've got control over your notifications and there's a unified search in it and all kinds of stuff i've seen it before but i've never um I'm, yes that's why i stopped using it dave um, the only downside to it is it's pretty much it's quite a big memory hog, so um, it it can be a bit of a, a beast to run, which is not surprising considering it's trying to run you know however many different web applications all at the same time, which are all also notoriously badly optimized in my experience. But there you go. But yeah, it might be something you want to check out. That was a good suggestion, Dave. Thank you. So another. Um, little silly little thing that i wanted to recommend um i don't know whether you you know but i'm i'm just finished the second draft of my my upcoming book which is um called click um and it's about um uh, encouraging people to take action without resorting to dark patterns and when i was um doing some research for that obviously a, a lot of what that book is about is things like cognitive bias mental models um how we think as people how we make decisions that kind of stuff um so while i was researching i came across this silly little app that's actually really good it's a chrome extension and it's called brainy tab right mm. um and it's really nice because every time you open a new tab in Chrome, it tells you a little kind of thing about human psychology or dark patterns or, um, you know, cognitive biases and stuff like that. And it's a kind of really nice um, 
way of just kind of having that stuff learning subliminally i guess you know where it's, it just keeps popping up these different things um actually there's another app that i use that's very similar to that as well that idea of of um regurgitating you know look you know subliminal learning um and it's called readwise i've just suddenly thought of it i forgot about readwise um now what readwise is is i don't know about you but i i book you know i i um when i read a book i highlight bits from it right oh that's a really interesting quote um and i do it with articles as well i highlight oh that's a really interesting quote and then never look at them again mm-hmm. yes <laughs> and you think why <laughs> why the hell did i bother doing that right i stopped doing so, it for these exact reasons that i yeah never, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely it's i still like, take well, a zillion photographs and never look at them but you know yeah yeah <laughs> so so with readwise what it does is um they've got they've just released an ios app which makes it a lot better they used to send it as an email to you um it will it will just periodically show you a different thing that you highlighted in the past Mm. which is really good what a great little idea and so often oftentimes again when i was writing the book i happened to get through one of their emails that reminded me of something i'd read in another book that i've been able to include in my in my book really good so yeah i just I thought I'd share some um, apps. What's Michelle just shared? Echo Health app. Healthcare app. Yeah, it, it, it's for repeat prescriptions. Um, oh, okay. So, so do you get it set? Does it come to, um, send stuff straight to you, or what's it do? I, I, I like I, a well-designed app. I think it it just enables you to go through the process of reordering, doing a repeat prescription painlessly. No pun intended. Oh, it's actually an NHS. It appears on the NHS website. Now, that's good. I love a really well-designed, well-thought-through apps. It's mm. like it's like porn to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've reached the age I was gonna where say, that's, that's the that kind of thing that I get Porn really was by. your thing before, but now... <laughs> now I've moved on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I love a really well-designed interface anyway yeah Yeah, so that's cool anybody else fancy coming on the show or should we should we um we'll do while people are considering if they want to volunteer for this show there's been some pretty poor excuses for not coming on this week right what is it (laughs) lewis said that he hasn't shaved right look at me can you see me lewis do i look like i've shaved me neither and michelle (laughs) says Oh, I've got nothing to say. Well, that's never stopped me doing a a, 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 a podcast for ten years. <laughs> anyway, well, we're nearly, years, we're nearly done anyway, aren't we? All right, all right. <laughs> I'll do I'll do our final sponsor and then we'll wrap up. Okay, third sponsor of the day is Frontify. Um, Frontify have been an amazing uh, support for the show for so long. Just to remind you uh, what these guys do. Um, they're an all-in-one brand management platform. So they, they've got like a brand portal. They've got digital asset management, design systems, you know, your web and your print publishing, all of that kind of stuff, all nicely kept together. Um, and I, I kind of ran that down in a bit more detail last week. Um, 
we've got um, a... But one of the features I want to concentrate on this week is their design system. They have an absolutely amazing um, way of supporting design systems. So if your organization is thinking about creating a design system or has created a design system and it's all a bit ad hoc and not um, managed very well, then um, you should check out Frontify. So it's got a proper design workflow built into it, really great for collaboration. Um, it will massively reduce the time um, to get your design system up and running. And, uh, you know, and, and of course, once you've got a design system, you can get to market much quicker with your redesign projects, etc. It integrates with Sketch, the application that I'm really good at using, apparently. Um, and it it's you know scales all the way up to to supporting design systems that are being rolled out across global teams, um, uh, so that that you know wherever you are in the world, really good for remote teams to be able to have your design system available to everybody online, and it even offers a free package for startups and freelancers to get you going. So to find out more about Frontify, go to Frontify dot com. <coughs> there we go. Look, Michelle has just mm. volunteered. Just say oh. hi. Just say hi. Come on. We yeah, get we'll get hi. we'll get Michelle on enough to say hello, and then we'll get her on proper, proper next week. Because I want to prove that you don't need to have something to say to come to a meetup. Because if it, if we're trying to create a meetup type environment, mm. well, you don't always have to have a proper thing to I, say. I don't go do to you? the pub and have a story to tell. No, exactly. exactly. You should just come in. Do you know? I don't think have we ever spoken face to face, Michelle. Drinking because games. I, excellent idea. Oh, Mark actually, Paul is actually, suggesting drinking. Actually, games. next Thursday, I've got a couple of my mates coming over, basically for a pub crawl, and it could oh. start. Hey, hey. it's Michelle. <laughs> Hello, put a face to a name. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Every day I talk to you in the Slack yeah. channel, and I've never actually seen or heard you. <laughs> You're you're not some phantom. You're a real person. I am. I'm, I'm afraid so. Yes. <laughs> so so, where do you work, Michelle? So I work at uh, Good Energy, uh, which is a green energy company, mm-hmm. uh, which which keeps me busy, keeps me on my toes. We're I'm a, within an internal team there, so we're a team of two, very small, getting a whole lot of user experience done, and then industry that hasn't really historically had a lot so no you're not kidding <laughs> I, I um i once got um approached by ecotricity um which yeah. obviously you know that was well. that was probably me was that <laughs> you? that's where we spoke and i <laughs> yes you know, that, that, oh. and now you've moved on to to, so, to somewhere to else someone right? else yeah <laughs> you know i i saw you when you popped up on the screen then i thought she looks familiar, and then I was thinking, well, it must have been must have been the avatar that that I saw. Um, oh, you my, know, because yeah. I see your avatar every day. But now that's where it was. Yes, yeah. that was, shame that never went anywhere. That I know. I got quite excited really, about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it would have been really good, and I really did appreciate your the, the time and the care that you put into looking yeah. at our journey then. Yeah. But sometimes, as we can all appreciate, sometimes organisations aren't ready for what UX can bring. No, <laughs> is, is this new company better? That you 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 feel more appreciated there? Do you? Certainly, so it's it's, it's different. There are different um, there's different pools that go on, but um, they're definitely more. You know, companies say that they're customer centric and they're yeah. user focused, but then when mm-hmm. it actually comes down to it, 
Um, it's really nice to work for an organization that's got a rich history of research and user experience design. Um, so it's kind of, there's not as much kind of pushing having to go on, but there's still challenges. Like yeah, I'm, of course. I moved to a year, 18 months ago, something like that. And, and yeah. their, their experience was pretty good. I, th- yeah. I, I felt like there were professionals behind my experience guiding me through it. So yeah, um, because then they are no doubt competitors, you can point to look they're doing it well so yeah exactly yeah i mean that's that's it the the interesting thing about energy suppliers uh, is that because traditionally it used to be so hard to swap energy suppliers there wasn't the same need to provide a good customer experience than there is today now it's so simple to swap between energy suppliers so ecotricity is an example of that no i don't mean to badmouth your previous employers but (laughs) i actually switched to them didn't i yes i remember you said yeah. yeah when i and actually it turned out to be a bit of a nightmare so oh I, I was with it, <laughs> so with dear. them. No, no, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's your fault, Phil. Well, actually, the vast, the interface stuff was fine. It was the broader user experience and, you know, all oh. of that kind of stuff where it started to be problematic. Um, uh, and so after about six months, I thought, well, screw them then. And I swapped again. And yeah. the fact that you can do that so easily these days means that, user experience is inevitably going to go up the you know up the the priority you've always been able to switch energy companies relatively easily but unfortunately um there's a lot of misconceptions especially when especially when you go into the research side of this people have a lot of worries and concerns around um switching energy companies Ah. losing their supply for example concern, thinking they're going to go like four days without any energy at all no, we're actually, we're kinder than that. We guide you through the process. You're not going to lose your uh, electricity or your gas. Um, no, I think so yeah, I, there's, a, there's a, sorry. No, no, you carry on. Um, I've, I forgot what my train of thought was. Yeah, it's that's fine. right. I, I, mean, I, 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 do, I, do remember, I do remember our conversation and it was lovely and I was really dead excited about it. It just didn't quite work out, unfortunately, yeah, uh, at, at Eco, but hey. I have, <laughs> you have no idea how many conversations I have like that. I yeah, think by the nature of, to, to be honest, by the nature of the kind of stuff that I do, because I'm, I'm involved very, very early in the journey a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm, a lot of my work is around creating organizational change, instigating that kind of culture. And so they need, a company needs to be aware enough of their need to pay me, but not so aware they don't need me um so there's this window of time and of course a lot of times then people come to me and they discover you know oh well i thought i'd be able to get this you know over the line but i'm not able to so it's a very common scenario um and it could be quite demoralizing if you work in-house to you're banging your head against the brick wall the whole time (laughs) and i suspect that's what caused you to move in the end was it not yeah, well, we don't need to get into the details. Okay. When we've got more time, I'd really like to talk to you about I've got some interesting challenges um, I'd like to put to the whole group, really, because um, I've set up, set up myself the challenge of trying to be a zero-waste UXer this year, Ooh. if that makes any sense. So the yeah. whole idea of trying to move away from paper, think about how yeah. things are hosted, how you run your meetings, how you travel to workshops, moving oh, post-it so notes. Got- We've still got to talk about that. Can we get you on? Are you going to be around next time? 
yeah. Yeah, from yeah. Yeah, let's get you on because that there is a really good podcast in that. Look, the, the chat room's getting enthusiastic <laughs> as well. So yeah, I would love to do that. Let's talk about that next time. So so let's stop at that point. Um okay. because because I want to come back to that, and that is a really good conversation, Michelle. So yeah, let's catch up next time. And um, it, it, presuming you're around, I mean, you know, if not next time, the time after, whenever you're next in, we'll, we'll, we'll get you on and we'll talk about that. But till then, thank you very much. And it's lovely to no see problem. you again. All right. Care, yeah. Bye. Bye. Wow. That's it. That, I'm glad we, we squeezed Michelle in at the end of the show there, because that excellent. is going to be an excellent topic for next time. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. How on, Marcus, earth do you, how on earth do you do UX without post-its? As... Yeah. Somebody, uh, Chris says mm. in the chat room. I oh, you want a joke? A f- well, yes, I'm, I'm going to try joke. and do a joke from somebody that's been on the show. This is going to last two episodes, isn't it? So I've got one from Paul Edwards. Uh, right. uh, this is actually a Ronnie Corbett joke. Bless okay. him. A ship carrying red paint has collided with a ship carrying purple paint in the English Channel. Both crews are marooned. That is That is terrible. No, it's not. It's wonderful. It's Ronnie Corbett and it's class. It's class is what it is. It's class. It's from a bygone era. (laughs) I miss those days. There you go. Class. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you very much, apparently, for for that joke. I say apparently, but there you go. And thank you very much Mm -hmm. for joining us in the room. Actually, I'm really enjoying this season of the podcast and just not knowing how things are going to go. Had a really good theme come out of today's show, um, Mm -hmm. uh, which was brilliant. Um, If you would like to know, if you're listening to this and you wish you were um, experiencing it live, then you can get notified um, on the day when we're going to be recording it so you know what's coming up. Uh, Just go to subscribe.boagworld.com forward slash community and um, and we can we can yeah let you know when it's going to be recorded you can come along and chill out with us in the meantime feel free to come and join us in the slack channel we've already heard several times about how um people enjoy the slack channel at boagworld.com for some slacking and next week lewis might even have shaved who knows but until then thanks for listening and goodbye Oh, yeah.